Well, doing the morning show for 20 years, DJ and PK also get up morning, early in the morning like the chickens do. That's for sure. And Yak, even earlier than the chickens. He gets up earlier before the chickens. Kevin McKinney, you can check him out on Spotify. Apple Music. Apple Music. All of them. All of them. Record's called Vegetable. All right. I can eat that. But I don't. That's part of the problem. Mike Smith is joining us. He's joining us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running all of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. 877-346-3333. Mike, DJ is off today. He's getting a facelift for television. And so PK <laughs> is sliding over a chair and... Uh, we were told a story of a young elder, uh, uh, Tim Lacombe, and Mike Smith, the professional basketball player, and you facilitated a meeting between elder, young elder, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed Lacombe, and Larry Bird in the bowels of the old Boston Garden. Is that... Is that pretty cool or what? <laughs> our, our, our paths, Tim, Tim's and mine keep crossing, and so he. We have some funny photos too. Maybe one of us should post them and then. Yeah, we got to do that. Man. Yeah, they are hilarious because oh my gosh, I look super young, but it's in the days when <laughs> basketball shorts are short, and uh, yeah, it is a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Tim Lacombe with all the hopes in the world to go uh, attack the Massachusetts area. It was anyway, it's, it's, it's a pretty fun memory and a cool bond for us to have. How in the world did he not convert Kevin McHale? <laughs> that wasn't happening. Uh, I, I don't even know if I should say some of the things that Kevin said. But I you, said a you, couple you of have, them, but yeah. you have to realize that, uh, okay, so when I get to Boston, they've had years with Danny Ainge, uh, Greg Kite, and Fred Roberts, right? Yes. Some of those years together, some of them not with all three, but basically uh, three LDS players have been there before I get there. And, you know, so, like, you can imagine the comments in the locker room, and Kevin McHale just called it. Oh no, we got another guy from we got another player from the Book of the Mormon Club. <laughs> I mean, he just and he and Danny were you know best of friends back then, so he knew everything. And you know, he just was so free and so fun in the locker room. And and gosh, I mean, in some respect, I thank those guys for being as righteous as they were. You know temple worthy and garment wearing and the whole thing back there in the locker rooms before I got there because it set the tone for me, maybe made it a little easier for me. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, yeah. Sometimes I think had I gone to another team, it would have been You'd like, have okay, who are, the whole who thing. are you? Yeah. You would have been the odd man out. Whereas they were used to it. It's funny. You get familiar with it and then you just yeah. roll with it. And I can only imagine McHale years ago when I was working for the Salt Lake Tribune, they sent me back to cover uh, Van Horn, who was going to be drafted uh, second. And uh, the day before the draft, they did a video conference 
and McHale was coaching, and Bird was coaching, and Patino was coaching the Celtics. So they had the three of them on the screen. And the entire time, it was a comedy show of McHale just lighting up Patino, and Bird was busting up the whole time. And all it was was McHale making fun of Patino, and Patino could have no comeback because he was just hitting them with one line after another. And the media is about 20, 30 of us sitting like in a theater, and we are just rolling too. I felt like I was at the comedy club in Manhattan yeah. Beach, not at uh, something to cover in the NBA. Well, welcome. To my every day for three years on the team buses. I mean, it was it was really odd because you had you had two alphas, okay, in McHale and Bird, and Bird's the better player, and we all knew it. And so, uh, Tim, you would know this from all your locker rooms at BYU and the teams you've coached. But like immediately, the pecking order is established. It just happens. Yeah, it just does. Whether yeah. the, the yeah, alpha whether male rises to the top. About it, yep, whether anyone ever talks about it or not, it doesn't have to be said. But Bird won, McHale two, Dennis Johnson three, Parrish, although the silent type four, then Jim Paxson, then Joe Klein. You know, Reggie Lewis was quiet back then, although probably our third best player. But it just, it just happened. And uh, Bird had like one side of the bus in stitches, and McHale had the back of the bus in stitches. The odd thing that nobody knows is that Bird and McHale, by the time I got there, were not the best of friends. There had been a couple incidences off the court, uh, socially, where things had happened, and they could not stand each other, like personally and socially. They would never go play golf together. They would never go to dinner together. But the amazing thing about those two Hall of Famers is that when the lights went on and the ball was tossed, they put it all aside. Bird and McKeel were the most unselfish players to one another on the court. Like, Larry totally understood Kevin's greatness in the post and vice versa. And so it, it... it was an amazing example to me, right? Like, okay, these guys, I know they can't stand each other. But here we go in practice and in games, they're one. And they're one for a greater cause. So that was that was pretty cool. And you mentioned Van Horn. Uh, Bird was coaching. And I think, gosh, San Antonio and Indiana, uh, New Jersey, all those teams were – like back and forth. But I remember Bird calling me and he goes, Mike, you've been doing those college games in Utah this is before I was doing Clipper games. And he's like, how good is Van Horn? You know, if the pick falls to us, do I take Tim Duncan or do I take Van Horn? You know, and I said, Larry, you can't go wrong with either one, but I'm just going to tell you, Duncan with a seven foot body and a seven, five, four wingspan, take that guy. And runs like he does. Yeah. But yeah, but you you won't go wrong. Van Horn was a solid pro, right, for ten years. And but Duncan made Greg Popovich Greg Popovich. Let's be honest. Yep. So Mike, let's uh, let's talk about this Jazz team. Obviously, we see them every night, and uh, a yep. lot of a lot of our listeners are locked into every every minute trying to get what they can. But your early thoughts on the season, what you're seeing, and, and particularly um, the last couple games, you know, since you've been on last. They're really good. 
Uh, I think they got a chance to win it all. I think Saturday night might be a preview of the finals. So Saturday night, Saturday night they're in Miami. Miami's my pick in the East who I just think just is so good and so deep and shoots threes and defends. And the Jazz are the same way. The Jazz are deep and they defend and they shoot threes, although Tim and I, you and I will chuckle right now because they can't. <laughs> they are the shooting them, yes. Right. Right now. They're shooting 32% from deep, which is so atypical from what they were a year ago. But, uh, I mean, you have some anomalies, right? You have Clarkson shooting 20% and Bogey and Donovan shooting 32 and Royce O'Neal shooting 25%. I mean, nobody's shooting it well really right now. You know? Only Ingles and Conley are like 45% and above, and, and they don't shoot the high volume of your shots. Right. They're more selective. and um, I mean, Joe's basically been a no-show in two games, once ejected and didn't do much in the last game against Sacramento. But that's not to say he doesn't play well. I think teams are trying to take him away and take away his left hand like Chicago did. And you know the league's a copycat league, and once one team figures out, oh, don't let him go left, he's less effective. But the Jazz, as you know, and PK, you're watching, they're really good. And so for me, it's a thrill to cover them because every night they got a chance to win. Every night they got a chance to, you know, electrify the crowd and, and whether that's television or a vivant. And so it's super fun. And the beauty of having a deep team that's well coached, great schemes, an intricate offense where not one guy's going to shine every night, although Donovan can't help but shine because he's so dang talented and he is our alpha. Uh, but you don't have to have your star play great every night to win basketball games. And I think that sums up the season in one sentence. They haven't played great. They have been solid and not without flaw, but they've been super good in fourth quarters. So there's at least three or four games where they're tied or thereabouts going to the fourth, and they prevail in the fourth. Bogey will make a three. Donovan and Conley made huge buckets in the last game, and the same was true in the Milwaukee game. And so I just love covering them, and I think they got a real chance. I think they're going to finish with the best record in the West. Uh, granted, Golden State is still you know as fun to watch and when they add Wiseman and Clay, watch out because they're developing some talent up there. Maybe that's the Western Conference Finals, Jazz and Warriors. How fun would that be? The yeah. two best three-point shooting teams and the two best ball-moving teams. Okay, I'll shut up. Okay. Mike Smith, TV analyst for the Jazz, joining us. Mike, there's three things. It's only seven games, right? They're six and one, so it's only seven games. Three things that I notice that are different about this team compared to uh, last year, maybe last year at this time, and there's still a whole lot of ball to be played. But the initial analysis is that, one, they're definitely deeper, and they've got more options. Two, and this is a negative, but it's only temporary, is Jordan can't, as I told Joe Ingles, uh, Jordan right now can't (laughs) throw it in the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, But I think, obviously, that'll change. And then... Number one, the biggest difference to me, and get your thought on it, which I think is a massive uh, benefit to the Jazz, 
is Whiteside's ability to intimidate shots. And I always say intimidate as opposed to block shots because you only block a couple of shots, but you can intimidate or prevent a whole lot more than you actually block. And so his ability to do that, give you some little bit of offense, but also clean up the glass, is a marked improvement over what they had last year when Gobert went to the bench. Yeah, good point, PK. And the deeper thing, I mean, let's just push that aside. You're right. They're deeper, and we haven't even seen Rudy Gay yet, right? So that he'll help in so many ways because you can fill him in in different spots. Um, Whiteside is offensively a little – he's like Rudy. Defensively, he's like Rudy. That gives Quinn such a luxury, right, when he plugs him in. It doesn't change things. So he's still high pick and rolling. He's still crashing the boards. He's still anchoring the defense in the same way. So I think that's a great luxury. I think they purposefully went out and got him. I think they also realized that when the Clippers went small and zoned up on him in the playoffs, that there were occasions when Rudy would roll and end up with a Reggie Jackson or a 6'5 guard on him, and he wasn't able to overpower him or finish against him. I think he'll do better this time around, but they went and got the guy who could. So it's almost like they addressed that need. Okay, this team stopped us by playing one gimmicky B and, you know, one certain, you know, they planned for us in a seven-game series. Well, let's go solve that need so that can't happen again. Uh, This is another quick aside, but I saw the other night, two nights ago, Eric Pascal defend uh, the great Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they found their guy if they make it to the finals and if Milwaukee makes it to the finals and they got to stop Giannis or slow him down, they found their guy. Like Pascal on three consecutive series fought over screens and defended Antetokounmpo without fouling him. And to have just one guy who could potentially slow him down, you know, where it be the case, they end up in the final, that's another great luxury. So whatever they're doing from their managerial office are the right things. Let's not mess with what's working. Let, let's not make some ridiculous trade for Ben Simmons. You know, let's, let's keep what we have because we're really close. And what you find out in the NBA is it takes a while. It's a journey to get to the top, and then you get there. And then you win one. And it's really hard to win two. Like, I think of Danny Ainge putting together Garnett and Pierce and Ray Allen and Rondo and all of a sudden saying, oh, my gosh, we got a chance. And immediately they were awesome. And immediately they won the title. They didn't win another one. Right. That's nothing against them. They're all great players. Nothing against Danny, who amassed this team and then went on to amass all these picks. That's how hard it is to win in the NBA. So the moves they're making are spot on, PK. Your observations are right. And don't tell you know that. Jordan, who, <laughs> Jordan, who's missed eighteen threes in a row, at least just counting the last two games. It could be more than that, right? He went three for nine the game before that against Chicago. So maybe he missed his last one in that game. It might be nineteen. That's that's just unheard of. The kid is too good. He'll bounce back. I'm not worried about that. But, yeah, for him to be shooting 20% is just like, I wonder, Tim, if it has something to do with the new basketball. I, that's what I wonder, too. Who said, Paul George said that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah I mean, because, Mike, you, you, you're the perfect example. I mean, a shooter can shoot, can shoot, can shoot, right? 
I mean, but you you put a different ball in a guy's hands. The the seams are a little bit different. The texture is a little bit. It takes a minute. Um, it, it, I think I think you're right. And to the to the meticulous brain types, it could have an effect, right? You wouldn't think that Jordan is that type. Jordan seems so free spirited and fun-loving the way he dresses and plays. There's almost no thought process, right? If he were a golfer, he, he's not the guy who's measured his backswing to hit a 75-yard shot. He's all feel, No, right? he's out there he's wearing look, neon. Yeah, he's looking at it and hitting it. Yeah. Now, you mentioned me. I would notice those little subtleties and changes in the ball. When I, when I was at BYU, this is an unknown story, but... Okay, so we had a game at 7 o'clock. I got there at 2.30 or 3 and stayed for the game. But what I did is I went and got the rack of balls and checked all 12 of them and got the one I liked the best, right? The right texture, the right worn-inness, not a word, but, you know, medium used. And then I had a pump and a needle. I filled it up to the perfect inflation. This is like Tom Brady. <laughs> and 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 I got that ball, and I made I made the game ball perfect, and then I went out and shot with it for two hours from three to five. There's no one in the Marriott Center. No one's even there. Then I grabbed the ball with a sharpie, marked it with an X in a circle as the game ball, and I went and put it in my locker. <laughs> you guys are gonna laugh, but now both teams went out on the floor and warmed up. Right, all the balls are out there. Everyone's shooting. No one's touching the game ball. It's in my locker, locked. <laughs> and Floyd Johnson, the equipment manager, would come find me. You know, twenty minutes before the game, Mike, where's the game ball? I'd unlock my locker, <laughs> hand it to Floyd. Floyd would hand it to the referee crew. In my mind, that was the greatest advantage in the world. I'd spent two hours by myself with the game ball. No other player had touched it the day of the game. That is a great story. <laughs> And nobody Dude, that's knew. That's hilarious. But, but I do remember I this know. too, Mike. When you'd come to Father and Sons, and I told PK this earlier, you know, we have all these shooting contests. And right. I said, you know, Mike would go up there, and I, I, I don't remember you losing. Uh, right. But you'd come over, and you would, you would before everybody else, and you'd kind of see which ball, you know, you wanted to kind of use for your shot. <laughs> that's so, true. So you carried that over. Which one felt the best? There's no way I was picking one that sat in the trunk of somebody's car and got extra inflation, right? Because it's like baked in the sun and it was overinflated. And, you know, if you had one that rimmed a couple times, it was going to bounce out. I wanted a soft one that was going to hit, land. Oh, brother. So, so real ask quick. Me, ask me another jazz question because nobody cares about me. We, we got to hit a break, but. I, I do think there is something to the ball. Um, I think the the story yeah. of it all, though, is the Jazz look really good winning games right now, and when they start shooting the ball, it's even going to look better, right? When when everybody starts oh. shooting it across the board, then you're going yeah, to see out. kind of a, a run, and that's what what am I, I'm expecting at some point. I think the run is coming, right? I, I think they take two out of three on this trip, and then they got ten out of twelve at home. Yeah, that, that's where uh, they make hay some- right there. Yep, there's some good teams coming, like Philly and Miami. Memphis is really good, just beat Denver twice. But the rest of the teams for this little stretch at home, you got New Orleans twice, you OKC, 
You got Toronto, you got Indiana's not so great. Portland's struggling right now, lost three out of four. Boston comes in as well. I, I really think the Jazz are seventeen and five at the one quarter point of the season and best record in the West. All right. Well, that's certainly doable. I don't see any reason why not. I think it's all about the Jazz as opposed to the opponents. I know you went, you basically uh, sort of informally broke down the opponents, but not going into great detail. But the way I think, when you were this good, that it really doesn't matter who you play. You play your game, you stand an excellent chance to win. Now, they're not going to win 75 games. We understand that. And you're going to, the, the schedules are basically built in to give you at least 20 losses. Yep. But nevertheless, I think that the talent level that they have as a collective group, I don't really care who they're playing. If they're on their game, they're, in my mind, they're good to go. And it's a, that's right. It's a tricky one tonight, right? Because you're at Atlanta. It's the first game after going east. Your legs are a little unadjusted. Let's hope they shoot well tonight. Atlanta's not great. They're four and four. They're dangerous because if Trey Young turns it on and they're, they're talented on the wings, they rebound the ball really well. They don't do anything else super well, but they get after you on both ends of the glass. And there is that tendency you're already thinking of Miami on Saturday night, right? Not yeah. not the trip to South Beach, but you know the matchup of a couple six and one teams and. You don't want to overlook tonight and be fired up for Miami. You want to take them one step at a time. All right, Mike, thanks for joining us, man. We'll uh, listen to you tonight uh, as you work with Alema. Man, BYU guys everywhere now in this jazz organization. It's, it's making me a little bit nervous, come to think of it. I got Lacombe. He's a both guy. I went but to Utah. My, yeah, I know. About? You're both. But you got Ryan Smith. You got Mike Smith. You got Alema. Oh, my gosh, man. Just... Come on, you've got Jim Olsen, the president. He's a Ute. Okay, yeah. Yeah, come, Jimmy. Come on. Jimmy O is a Ute, as he'll let you know. Uh, that's for sure. But Cougars <laughs> are taking over, and if you can take the Jazz to the title, I'm all for it. If not, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks, thanks for Mike. Having. That's Mike Smith, Jazz analyst of the Lemma. You can hear them tonight, half hour before the game. Game starts, what, 530? 5.30, pregame at 4.30. Yeah, pregame here with you and Jake Scott on the Zone Sports Network tonight. And uh, we'll look forward to the game. I think they're all big games. Atlanta's dangerous, as Mike, Smith, uh, Mike said. Uh, four and four, what does that mean? You know, only eight games. I'm not going to assign the quality level of their team. But what I do know is they are dangerous. All right, we'll hit you up on what you missed. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.